Blog Talk Radio. This episode of Attention Talk Radio is brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Topper. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Our topic tonight, ADHD and Dr. Barkley, uh, embracing word problems. We're going to get into uh, the meat of our show tonight, but before we do, we'd like to thank children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder uh, for bringing this show to you. In celebration of that event, we're anxious to give away free copies of Attention Magazine in a digital form. To get yours, listen to our show. We're going to share a secret word a couple times through the show. All you have to do is write that down and listen to another show uh, for a secret word that we share in that show. And then email me uh, both secret words. The email address is attention at attentiontalkradio.com. Again, that's attention at attentiontalkradio.com. When I get your email, I will forward off to Chad. We will get you a PDF copy of the current version of Attention Magazine, and they will get you a PDF copy of the next one when it is printed uh, in the future based off of when you send it to us, not necessarily today. Uh, we've got a little tip that we're going to share uh, from Chad, and then we'll get into the show. Do you have questions about managing ADHD? Do you need to find a doctor to diagnose or treat ADHD? Or are you looking for a therapist or an ADHD coach? How about support groups? Chad's National Resource Center on ADHD has health information specialists who can provide you with helpful resources. Call 1-866-200-8098, Monday through Friday, 1 to 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Thank you so much, Chad, for your continued support. For those that are not aware, Chad is the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. We encourage all of our listeners to either donate or become members to support Chad. Financial stability is really important for them to have the resources to have people lobbying uh, on Capitol Hill for the ADHD community and working with different regulatory agencies on wording to make sure that uh, those with ADHD get the accommodations that they need in order to thrive. Again, for more information, to donate or to uh, become a member, go to chadd.org. Okay. Everybody, our show tonight is one of the things I've been experimenting a while with for about the last year, and that is lessons learned as a coach or some insights that uh, I've learned or context or just things that try to help out people out there just try to make sense of a, the ADHD world, what works, what doesn't work, maybe provide a bigger picture understanding of kind of what's going on so that uh, – you're not uh, dealing with all the little pieces, and uh, you can begin to understand the why behind what's going on. And often when you understand the why, that determines the how. And uh, today I want to focus on a few things. First of all, it's a long story, but I needed to delve into a project that I'm working on, and I was trying to define it. And along the way, I stumbled into um, really trying to think about what a word problem is all about. Um we know what word problems are. I hated them myself in uh, school. Uh, I mean, with a passion. I mean, I, I loathed them. I struggled with them. And we're going to talk about why I might have struggled with them in a second. But um, 
when you think about really what something is and what the essence of it is, it's really written out there. We have a tendency just to look at superficial uh, outcomes and, and, and discussions about it. And so I broke down word problems in a way that I want to share with you uh, as a metaphor to start talking about the process of, of solving ADHD problems. And first of all, one of the reasons why we do word problems when we were um, in school is it helps develop us as thinkers. We have to think more deeply about what's going on. And I will tell you what I'm going to share with you. It probably took me uh, five or six hours to, uh, to come to realization. It took me a lot of thinking to kind of put together what I think is the obvious to me. Now, you might disagree. Um, some of you might. Some of you might like this, but uh, uh, I think at this particular level, sometimes I have to know the essence of it. So at the end of the day, when you think about word problems, to me, have like three steps. The first is you have to identify what you're solving for. Uh, you have to be specific. What, what is it I'm going to solve for uh, when you're reading a word problem, if you will? The second thing you've got to do is you've got to make observations. You've got to identify and filter relevant and unrelevant information, tangible and untangible information. I'm throwing the tangibility in there a little bit for the ADD crowd, but at the end of the day, you have to, you have to read the problem and try to figure out what variables are there. And then here's the trick. You've got to organize those variables into a logical sequence. In other words, my epiphany on this is you have to drive an equation. Now, when you're in school, um, they typically are working on a type of equation, and you're learning how to put that in there. But in life, you're trying to derive equations to solve problems. Then what's cool is once you have the equation, you just solve for the equation. If you've learned your math facts up to the point in time where you're typically doing this, you know how to solve the equation. That's not the trick, the variable's right, and get the equation right. Um, understand that sometimes you get the equation wrong if the equation's not correct, excuse me. You get the solution wrong if the, correct, the, the equation isn't correct. And the thing that uh, recently I was talking to somebody, they said, you know, math is not a participatory sport or spectator sport. I'm sorry. I'm tripping over my words. You, you learn it by doing it. Just like I have taught before, one of my big metaphors is uh, people with ADHD, uh, they like to learn. In fact, you're listening to this probably because you want to learn about ADHD. Like I, years ago, I wanted to learn how to play the guitar, but you know the the execution of knowledge is really different from the acquisition of knowledge. So as I as I've told many people before, you know I read a couple books on how to play the guitar, and can you believe when I picked up the guitar, I couldn't play it. Uh, same thing with word problems. You can read all the theory about word problems, but it's it's a it's not a spectator sport. You actually have to kind of practice it. And uh, the reason we do that in, in school is it helps us become logical and rational thinkers. So the, the challenge of ADHD is, is basically, when you think about it, is deriving the equation. When you go out there on the internet looking for tips, tricks, and strategies, everybody's just like, give me the equation, give me the equation, give me the equation. <clears throat> because if we got the equation, it works, it's great. But I find a lot of people that identify, I'm drowning in a sea of strategies. In other words, I'm drowning in a sea of, of equations. And it's really important that you understand this because if you've got a great equation or the right um, solution, but you're applying it to the wrong problem, it doesn't really work. And I want to illustrate this. This is one of my favorite stories, and it's a true story. I was actually coaching a psychiatrist one time. Psychiatrist had ADHD, diagnoses people with ADHD, and prescribes medications for people with ADHD. And one day they came in, and I said, what do you want coaching on? They said, I'm late. I'm always late. I need to be on time. 
And I said, okay, well, I started asking questions as a coach does. And I talk about 10 minutes of asking the questions and I'll, you know, how late are you? I'm 10, 15 minutes late. Oh, really? You ever miss it all together? No, not really. You ever an hour late? Yeah. Daylight savings time. You ever an hour early? Yeah. Daylight savings time. Ha ha ha. So we got to that. So let me get this straight. You are 10 to 15 minutes late, 98 to 99% of the time. And they said, yeah. And I said, wow, what's your strategy? What do you mean? I said, what's your system? I go, what? I go, well, if you're consistently that late, you got to have a system. Because if you didn't have a system, you'd be like on time, three hours late, 20 minutes late, and be irregular. And they said, I don't know. I guess I don't like to be bored. I go, there you go. I go, what do you mean? I said, well, you know, it's people with ADHD, they get in trouble when they're bored. And as the guy reflected on it, began to realize, yeah, like if he went into a room, a patient was there and the nurse was still screaming, he'd apt to get in trouble. And I said, you know, at the end of the day, there's no time management strategy in the world that's going to solve that problem because you're, you got a, maybe a good time management strategy, but you're applying it to the wrong problem. This is a boredom issue. And metaphorically, I'm sharing this with you is a, a putting a timer or a bell or something on that. It's a great solution, but the issue is not time. It's actually boredom. Uh, by the time we got to the end of the coaching call, um, it was interesting because uh, the guy actually realized that he, he did have a system. It was actually flawless. And there, there's a reason why he was late. And we he kind of agreed it was better for him to be late than it was to kind of get in trouble. And with the great part about coaching, nothing changed other than his attitude and his judgment around himself. But what I want you to take from this is a lot of times you go on the internet and a lot of people are giving you equations or strategy or tips or tricks. Um, it, they're great, but you're applying it to the wrong thing, and that's why you're not getting the outcome um, that, you, that you think you should. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about this because after the break, I want to come back and I want to start talking about what I've learned is relevant information. Um, and how to identify it so that I can help those with ADHD kind of um, actually kind of actually help them move forward. And the thing that I want to highlight is identifying relevant um, and non-relevant information when you're re when you're reading requires thinking. Um, think about it. Thinking is the ability to play with information in your mind. Um, I've done a lot of shows, a lot of shows talking about working memory, but thinking is when you think about it, it's really working memory. Um, something simple, I could say, what is three to the fifth power? Uh, if you had a piece of paper, you'd write it on the piece of paper. But can you imagine trying to keep uh, three times three is nine? That's two threes times three is 27. That's three threes times three is what uh, 81 times three. Then. Again, all that stuff is in my mind. It's working memory until I get the answer, which I think is like 256, and then you say it. That ability to play with information in your mind is working memory, and the thing I hated about word problems when I was in school was I didn't have a good working memory. So it was hard for me to hold all that stuff and juggle it all around my mind to make sense of it to derive the equation. Um, I hope this is making some sense to you. In other words, thinking is hard for people with ADHD, and that's what you have to do is you have to think about this. The key that I want to kind of come back to is one of the, one of the things that's important is when you are coming up with your equation, you got to determine relevant and non-relevant information. One of them is who you are and not necessarily what you will do. It's what you've actually done in your life. So the, the relevant is who are you and what do you actually do in your life? What are the situational variables that are going on right now? Because you can have very similar situations, but situational variables can be very different. You have to identify those, and then you have to understand ADD. Kind of crazy. So 
let's go to the break and kind of come back. Let's dig up our sleeves a little bit and start talking about relevant information I've learned to solve the problems within the context of trying to drive your equation. Our secret word tonight is uh, word problems. Um, so it's not one word. It's actually two word problems. Um, I don't typically do this on my own, but I usually am interviewing somebody. If you're curious about me, I'm Jeff Copper. My, uh, my, uh, my website is Dig Coaching Practice. Um, so with that, we will be right back after these messages. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Do you worry when your child is left out? Does your child have trouble making and keeping friends? Life skills can be challenging for ADHD kids. Learn how you can be your child's greatest ally by reading the book Ned Hollowell described as a game changer. Michelle Borba referred to as the ultimate guide for parents. And Michael Thompson praised as the groundbreaking book you've been waiting for. Go to playbetterplan.com to buy a copy of Caroline McGuire's book, Why Will No One Play With Me? While you're there, subscribe to download her free mini course on developing social skills for children. That's playbetterplan.com. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change your lives by going to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by digcoaching.com. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. Again, tonight, what I'm doing is I'm sharing lessons learned and context that I've learned about ADHD uh, that I have found very helpful, both um, by framing things out and understanding what I'm doing, but also to help those with ADHD. I'm grateful for anybody who's made it through the break, because many of you probably were going to yuck before this happened as I began to talk about the characteristics of a word problem and the idea that you need to identify what you got to solve for, which can be tricky, but the really hard part of identifying the variables that are in place to derive your own specific equation. What I'm trying to highlight is that's the part that's the hard part. Um, what we want is somebody just to give us an equation. It's not working often because um, we're not looking at the relevant variables, and a lot of times they have to do with you um, or your situation. Um, that's why there's not a one-size-fits-all, even in some related areas. Um, so what are the relevant variables? Well, we have a tendency to look at uh, uh, appearance-based stuff. Um, we look at things as uh, maybe emotional or I feel or it's judgment or, or shame or, or, or those types of things. And, and I'm a more of a factual based person. So we, we, if we can pause for a second and remove some of the um, um, emotions around this. Uh, I've learned a lot from Dr. Russell Barkley um, in my years. I've interviewed him multiple times. What's revolutionary is if you begin to understand ADHD as an executive functioning and one of the major, major, major executive functioning is self-regulation. Um, this is a real big deal because when you begin to understand self-regulation is the ability to direct an action back on yourself to change your behavior, to change the future. It's a future-directed act. 
That's a bunch of gobbledygook. I don't mean that negatively. That's the theoretical version. In practical, it's its ability to pause, ponder, and proceed. Or, as Dr. Barclay says, it's the ability to pause and engage your thinking brain to override your automatic brain, your more primitive brain. I've done some shows, and I've talked a lot about dopamine. Dopamine is the neurotransmitter that uh, is the reward neurotransmitter. It's that transmitter that's released that brings us pleasure. It's the it's the neurotransmitters that release when you drink and you smoke and you do cocaine and you shop and you gamble and you have sex and you eat chocolate and you listen to music. There's a high correlation between ADHD and addictive behavior. And as I described, I just like framing things out. If you think of ADHD as a dopamine addiction and you begin to look at that lens, then you can look at it and say, hey, people with ADHD, they pay attention to where they're getting dopamine and they don't pay attention to where they're not. I call it dopamine. You call it interest or passion or whatever. Um, I boil it down to kind of the same thing. And the one thing that I've learned over the years is if you have ADHD and we begin to think of it like an addiction, if you think you're going to use willpower to override that every day of your life, it's really difficult. So one of the things that we're always solving for is dopamine. Either you're getting it from somewhere else, which is a distraction, or you're not getting it from what you're doing. So you always have to figure out what am I going to do in order to bring dopamine to the party. That's a relevant variable that we need to look at. And that's the one we focus on the most. But what I've learned in coaching is the elephant in the room is thinking. If you uh, Google Attention Talk Radio GPS, you will find an interview I did with Dr. Russell Barkley that was about 50 minutes, and we dedicated it to working memory. Working memory is really the ability to play in your mind with information. It's thinking. It's problem solving. One of the things that I've learned with people, they think it's hard. It's really, really hard. In fact, sometimes so hard they can't do it because working memory requires – there's a capacity issue of how much you need to load into your mind in order for you to process that. So when you begin to think about it, AD uh, thinking – or use of working memory is very, very effortful, and when it gets too hard, people with ADHD escape. It's a self-regulation issue, but the epicenter is you just don't try harder. You actually have to solve for the working memory. In other words, make it easy. In the interview that we did, we talked a lot about uh, papers, high-tech for people with ADHD. The reason for that is well, there's lots of reasons for it, but you can spread it out. You can see it, whereas dealing on computer screens is a little bit more difficult sometimes. Technology is great because we can we can stick it in there and it's not all over the place. And sometimes we can send it to ourselves. But there's a lot of inherent problems with working memory when you start dealing with with digital means. And in fact, I think Dr. Barkley and I agree in the world, uh, technology is glamorized a, little, a bit too much because um, it drives people to technology. Now, don't get me wrong, it is useful, but a lot of times. It's creating more problems than it's solving. And if you have that app after app after app after app after app, you might identify with this. Um, in theory, it sounds good. It's been glamorized. It's going to solve your problems, but it actually increases your thinking or makes it a little bit more difficult. So one of the things that I've learned over the years is when you're, I'm coaching somebody, I look at working memory or thinking in general and say, how do we make this easier? If you don't make it easier, all the self-regulation stuff is going to be a bit of a challenge. It's harder to resist those temptations. So the focus, the relevant information is whenever I look at something, I take a look at that. So most of you out there can identify with hyper-focus or being in the zone. That's a working memory issue. In the, in the interview I did with Dr. Barley, we talk about the booting up process. 
your computer's got to boot up. When you sit down and you've got to do something taxing, you've got to boot up your mind. And so when you're booting up your mind, there's no dopamine for that. It's very effortful. Once your mind's booted up and you're in the zone and you feel good, that's, that's great. But the question is, how do you do that? One, you want to remove the dopamine distractions. And number two is typically you want to externalize thinking. You want to make it visual. You want to talk out loud. You want to do things to make it easier for you to get into that. So you're a lot of times solving for that equation. A lot of times I'll have people like, you know, I got to do this paper. I got to do this project and they're doing everything else, but they're not doing anything to make it easier for them to get their mind into the topic um, problem that we basically need to solve for. Also, a lot of times it's getting uh, stuff out on paper so that you don't have to remember everything in your head. So I want to pause here a second and say, often we go out into the world and we're looking for tips, tricks, and strategies, and they're very, very superficial. They don't address the core issue. So let me give you an example, specifically what this looks like. <clears throat> Setting a goal is really pretty easy. Planning what to do is really, really pretty easy. The question really is, is if you don't really know what you're doing, you have a hard time. So let's let's say that I want to write a paper uh, for some reason. I am going to schedule it on Saturday um, all day to write that paper. What I've learned over the years is if it's ambiguous or it's not clear, that requires thinking. Thinking is very hard for people with ADHD. So the equation really is, is how are you going to solve for making thinking easier? Because if you don't solve that problem, then you're going to, on Saturday, you're going to arrive and you're going to do everything else except sit down and, and start to focus. Focus is think. Thinking's hard. What are you going to do to make it easy? Talking out loud with other people. Um, maybe having a template. Maybe having somebody walk you through that stuff. This is an example of what are you trying to solve for? I'm trying to make thinking easier. I'm trying to externalize it. Again, those are the relevant factors that we need to do in order to solve that equation. So what do I do to remove away the, 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 the dopamine temptations? And then what do I do to make thinking easier? I think that's a common thing. Thinking is hard. If you've got to think and you don't know what the problem is, you're having to do that in your mind. That's a real problem with ADHD. It's like what we're talking about. How do I come up with the equation the variables, if you will, to come up with my equation to make that happen. Many people are listening to the show going, yuck, just give me the equation. Exactly, because that thinking part's hard. All right, we want to continue with this, but we're going to go to break. Um, again, our secret word tonight is word problems. Our secret word, word tonight is word problems. I'm uh, ADHD coach Jeff Copper. You can learn more about me at my website at digcoaching.com. With that, we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? <laughs> Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 
837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay, do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. I'm sharing with you what I've learned from Dr. Russell Barkley as core issues with regard to ADHD, and I identify those as the relevant variables and anything that I'm doing with somebody with ADHD. And I'm trying to solve for how do I make thinking easier and how do I add dopamine to something that's boring or how do I remove those temptations? That's an interesting cocktail. So when I'm taking a look at a situation, for example, uh, when COVID hit, I had uh, several CEOs that called me up that were struggling. One in particular really stands out in my mind. I've shared this before in shows is that this person was, was very verbal. We know working memory or thinking requires the ability to visualize stuff or self-talk in our mind. People with ADHD need to see the picture and they need to talk out loud. This person was owning that they think by talking out loud and would go into people's offices and do this. Now they find themselves working from home during COVID, and one day they wanted me to coach them on their emails. I said, well, wait a second. What's, what, what's the nature of your emails? What's the problem here? And as I began to listen, I began to realize they're having conversations with people via email. Now, the thing about a conversation is – is that when you're with somebody real time, you've got constant feedback and you're present with everything with the conversation. If you're having a conversation with email, you're having to stop and remember the last part of the conversation. And since it was a CEO and it's really kind of complicated stuff, it was very, very, very challenging because they were having to boot up their working memory and boot down. Um, again, watch the, listen to the other show to understand what that concept is, but it's very, very effortful and it spanned it a long period of time. And I said, listen, the idea here is it's making thinking more difficult. We need to make this easier. We need to make it real time. It's so much easier at work. How do we simulate that in a COVID environment? Their issue really was, their equation was, I just should try harder. And I'm like, that's not going to work. What we've got to do is we've got to solve this problem. We need to have you thinking out loud with somebody in real time. And we came up with the idea of, of uh, having direct reports on a Zoom call all day. And they would just ping them. They could see they're at the desk, by the way, ping them, get them off mute, have that conversation like they would in the office and turn it off. That equation was based on managing the relevant variables in order to solve that equation. That is working memory challenge because when they were at their house, that's a bit of an issue. Another example is I had a person who realized that when they were in the office, they would be dealing with something and their working memory would be taxed or they would be having a hard time retrieving knowledge like, what do I call this again? Or what's this step in this procedure? They would lean over to an office worker and would have that answer. They'd ask it and it would be answered within two seconds. Now working from home, they would, there's nobody to lean over to. So now they've got to go find that answer. They don't know where it is. They have to begin to think about where they would find it and having difficulty recalling that. When they were having a hard time recalling whatever the procedure was, they might text somebody or reach out to a coworker who's got other things and not get back to them till later or whatever. The point really is they would hit that moment of ambiguity because they're struggling. It's requiring them to think, and now they escape. They get up to go to the bathroom or go get a cup of coffee or do something, and they never make it back. looks like a focus issue, but it's an ambiguity issue. Again, how do you solve this problem? You focus on what the equation is, is what the challenges are. 
at the end of the day, I said at the beginning, if you think about it, playing guitar is not a spectator sport. You actually have to pick it up and play it. Solving word problems is not a spectator sport either. We do them in school um, to develop us as thinkers in general. ADHD's got some underlying challenges with regard to it that most people don't run into. That's the reason many of you are reaching out to professionals, basically, to help you derive your word problem or excuse me, your equation. I do think that sometimes there is a crowd out there that's throwing equations at you left and right, and they haven't really identified the relevant variables. They're looking at you have a focus problem. They're not really understanding that it might be a, a thinking or under a working memory problem underneath of it. And so they'll subscribe those types of, of equations to you, not realizing they're not working because they're not addressing the problem. The trick really is, is how do you find somebody who's really good at, at, at deriving your equation for your word problems? And that really is finding an expert with intuition and practice. Okay. Great, Jeff. This still sounds hard. Yeah, it is hard. I'm not trying to make it easy, but the, my goal today was to give you a glimpse of the process. <clears throat> Most people are looking for the equation because it's easy. If it's not working, it's because you got the wrong equation. The equation that works for you is based off of you and situational variables. How do you solve that? Well, it's about a practicing. <clears throat> if you can't do it yourself or you're struggling, it's helpful to get a professional. There's some professionals are good and some that aren't. I understand that. The idea is to start to to look for the ones um, with some expertise in this area. did an interview um, several months ago with Dr. Sarah Striette, and we talked about the diagnostic process for mental health issues. The way you normally go diagnostic criteria in a doctor's office is you go in, they ask you a history, they do an examination and maybe some tests. Like let's say there's something on your skin and they go, hmm, where did that start? And then they take a look at it. Hmm, that seems like this. And they might run a biopsy to find out what's there. With ADHD or other mental disorders, they give you a history. And then they ask about the symptoms that are there. Then they take those symptoms and they classify them into groups. And then they cluster those groups. And then they put a label on it based off of those symptoms. What I learned from that interview is anxiety can show up in many ways. It can show up in ADD. It can show up in depression. It can show up in autism. And so at the end of the day, that collection of symptoms, you have the book answer, but then there's an art of experience that comes along where you've got somebody who's done this for a long time and is a little bit more accurate in saying, hmm, these lump together, but this might be this different diagnosis over here. Again, you're looking for somebody with experience. Not easy to find people with experience, but what I'm hoping is that tonight, tonight, this gave you a context to begin to understand the process, to understand what you're going through, to understand what you're looking for, but most importantly, to understand why what you're doing might not be working. And again, I get lots of phone calls with people who've seen therapists or seen other people, and they've had, they're drowned in the sea of strategies, and that's because they're just throwing equations at left and right, and the idea is if this is a word problem, you have to back up and you have to identify what's relevant. It requires some thinking, which is not easy for people with ADHD, which is why sometimes you need to get a professional to help you through that process. Yes, it costs money, um, but your life can be a heck of a lot easier. So with that, I'm going to pull this to a close. Our secret word tonight is word problems. You can learn more about me by going to digcoaching.com. What I hope you took for this show is that you're not discouraged. This is a context and a metaphor to make sense of it all so that you can start to pay attention to things in a more deliberate way, in a more intentional way, so that you can find what you're looking for. With that, 
We hope that this is at least giving you some insight. I hope that I made you think. I hope this will help you explore. Catch us next week for another great edition of Attention Talk Radio. Take care. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.